listening to Bridge Between Worlds Radio. Transporting you like the Tesseract outside time, time, space, the physical universe. And here is your host from another universe, H.E. Jumboy. Jamboy, and I want to welcome you to Bridge Between Worlds Radio. We have some intriguing out-of-body things to talk about tonight. It's sort of like the saying, you can walk with your feet on earth and your consciousness in heaven. And we have tonight's guest is an out-of-body traveler who's had thousands of -of out-of-body experiences such as visiting crystal forests, wise sages, hells, and beautiful heavens. So our topic is about secrets of heavens via out-of-body travel. And in the second part of tonight's show, we're going to talk about secrets related to the negative polarity. So this should be an interesting show. I want to say again hello to our listeners. In tonight's show, we'll interview a very talented out of body traveler. And if you take up this science and get ready to float above your body, maybe even above your house, have you ever wondered what it was like to have an NDE or an OBE and visit heaven? Well, tonight we're going to find out. <laughs> so, Hold on to your rooftop. (laughs) Just kidding. And tonight's show is reported on 4th of July. (laughs) So, our guest tonight has decades of experience at out-of-body travel. It's what NDE experiences call heaven. She's had a professional career as a broadcaster and she is an author and teacher of the Out-of-Body Travel Foundation. Her website is outofbodytravel.org and she's appeared on national television and radio like The Joan Rivers Show and Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. She teaches internationally and has written over a hundred books on out-of-body travel. Please, let's welcome Marilyn Hughes. Hi Marilyn. Hi, it's great to be with you tonight. Yes, great to be with you. Very uh, appreciative of how much love and effort you put into your spiritual practice. That's a gift. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's definitely what makes the world go round for me and for all of us, I would say. 
Yes. Most certainly, yes. <laughs> this is such a, this is really an intriguing topic. And, and I, <laughs> I know that on another recent interview you, you did, the host was so thrilled because she was saying, wow, this is beyond coincidence. Well, it's a coincidence for me too. So. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, great. <laughs> we um, and I, I should mention we have similar training in a certain area. <laughs> I could add. Um, yeah. Related to what you've spoken about, rescuing souls who are trapped in hell. But first, I was thinking maybe we could talk about, if you don't mind, the wonder of out-of-body travel to different to many places and worlds and heavens, you know, examples of, I'm sure you can't talk about all the places you've been, not nearly, but some, <laughs> some of the, the hundreds of places one experiences that wonder of leaving the body and visiting. And I thought we can discuss this in a conversational style. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know, a lot of people look at out-of-body travel as more of the simpler experience of just leaving your body and they don't realize that it leads to this multi-dimensional travel that takes you to higher worlds and border worlds and lower worlds which we'll talk about more later but some of the things that you're gonna see are gonna be you know the angelic hierarchies you're gonna be seeing the spheres of heaven which there are an infinite number of those you can travel forward and backwards in time. You're taken into the the realms of initiation and the rites of passage. There's uh, there is so much there is so much out there that Saint Paul really understated it when he said, "I has not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love Him." You know, because you're literally talking about the crystal forests but also the crystal cities and the uh, temples in the skies and the white-winged horses and the flying in the stars and the, the galactic heavens and the, the innumerable amounts of corridors that you travel through that take you into different and higher and finer vibrational frequencies of existence. Is there a particular experience that, that you think sort of captures what you're saying about moving towards a higher state and, and moving towards sort of like resonating with an awareness and consciousness that comes from a higher place? Well, oh gosh, you know, it's so hard when people want me to pinpoint one experience. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry that's okay. No, no, that's okay. Um, there are just so many. Let me just think for a moment. If you want, while you're thinking, I could bring up one example. Which we, I guess sure. Time to think. Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. I recall on one occasion, and I've shared this before, where I was asking for for guidance related to God. And mm -hmm. the next thing I knew, I was in a library, and I closed my eyes, and I reached out my hand, and it touched a book. And almost immediately when I touched the book, I had this flash of this white, glowing brilliance. I had an out-of-body experience where I was in this world of 
breathtaking, sparkling light particles and a white, pure white spirit universe. And mm -hmm. just a feeling of total awareness, like a 360 degree viewpoint beyond mine and seeing, knowing, and being. And it was like omnipresent and filled with so much light and joy and serenity. And I was just like blown away, like, wow, this is what I've been looking for with out-of-body travel, just not just touching heaven, but walking there. <laughs> or walking is the wrong word. But, you know. Well, walking there and moving within its vibration is what you because you know in those higher spheres there there's that particulate light you're talking about those those white particles and the light particles and that feeling of that omnipresence that you're talking about the beautiful unconditional love and the um just the um the, the way you put it 360 uh, view is in so many of the spheres that you will travel and it's in a variety of degrees. So you're going to experience it in, in so many different ways. So yes, you know, I've had many experiences like that as well. And, you know, examples would be, you know, uh, you, you're reminding me of books. So I'm thinking of like uh, going to the Akashic Records where you're looking through the, the wall of the records uh, and, and the libraries which contain the things that we've all signed up for. I should mention that this is a completely different place or level than the a causal. Oh, and then <laughs> the Palace of Ancient Knowledge, which is this uh, beautiful library in the heavens that contains the knowledge from all time that's ever been known, not just to humankind, but to all worlds. <laughs> There's so many things because, you know, in the out-of-body travel states, too, you receive knowledge in books that you can kind of uh, take within you. And you receive this uh, not just from books that are already here, but from books that don't exist here, you know. But there's, you know, literally there's these beautiful cities that are made of the streets of gold, the pearlesque buildings, the crystal buildings, the the emeralds, you know, all of that kind of stuff. The uh, All that is beautiful is what you'll find in heaven. Golden angels, the archangels, St. Michael is one of the most beautiful creatures I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, we see Ah, uh, gosh, you know, um... And with the Akashic Records, and, and also the, the records that are on higher levels, it's very beautiful that a, a being can gain perspective. It's unlimited. <laughs> all the yes. Levels. Yeah. But, but like, you, like you brought up, you're talking about guides. Basically, there are different beings or entities, different beings, teachers, people have different words for them, teachers, masters, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that's a vital area, too. <laughs> yeah, and they do have, they have different orders of being, you know, they're, they are different orders of being, so they're, uh, they all serve different functions, and they, so you'll meet different ones as you're traveling through your journeys, your spiritual journeys, because they're going to take you through many different aspects of your spiritual uh, evolution. So as you pass through one phase of development, then you'll meet more teachers 
and continue. It'll continue on ad infinitum, you know. There's always more. You'll see temples beneath the sea. You'll see temples that hover in the, in the skies. You'll meet with alien beings and extraterrestrial races, and you'll go to other planets and meet beings that exist in worlds that are filled with complete and utter love and light and worlds that go well beyond what we can even conceive of as living beyond love and light. You will meet uh, beings that live in worlds that are um, like almost like purely made of crystal where everything is psychic you know communication pretty much everywhere is telepathic it's it's all communication through thought in the out-of-body travel realms most of it is through thought and much of it is through empathy and compassion so there's that empathic connection that feeling that is transferred from spirit to spirit which is just a heightened state of what we can achieve here if we are working on developing our souls a little bit more in learning how to tuning into the oneness that occurs within the human kind as well as all life and the universal consciousness is one i mean you can go to planets where there are thousands of Buddhas, you can go to the pure lands, you can go to the astral planets. There, there is no no limit. <laughs> you know? There's always more. You know, one of the things about these worlds is that everything is always, uh, you know, higher, finer frequency. Colors are brighter. The uh, the frequencies are higher everything is more vibrant your senses are always and there's always this awareness of feeling more and more alive in these places and um so there's there's just oh gosh you know and i've i've written so many books about it i've got a, over a hundred books now about my experiences so literally there's thousands of experiences it's so hard to just synopsize into one thing but it's very beautiful that it's very beautiful that you put that you put love into your spiritual practices because my husband who's also a spiritual teacher one of the things that he says he said sometimes to different students that when you put love into doing the spiritual reading of the Vardan books and, and the spiritual exercises to leave the body and the different uh, disciplines like practicing the presence of the teacher, master. Right. What happens is you're showing God that you love God, that it's not lip service, that you truly love God, that this inner connection is, I mean, actually, this is kind of like what, what you said. Basically, in my path in Vardenkar, we call something the holy fire of God, which is like the, this inner fire that the more you feed it with study and practice, this love for God grows until it's like all-consuming like a fire. In some of your works, you also speak about this importance of focusing on God. And I, I'll quote you, you said in one of your books, you said, God is the heart of it all, the will of God if, if it's not central to your search, you'll be misled. The will of God is your goal and destination. And I guess one thing I'd say is, is 
um, there's so many planes and places, like you were saying, that you can go, that that gives direction to it all, and that sort of like, uh, what, what it, you know, in terms of your viewpoint about about that, about bringing that to a, a higher level of focus and intensity. <laughs> well, absolutely. The only thing that matters in the spiritual search is the destination and the journey to get there and that is God. It is absolutely God is the the source and summit of everything that we are seeking and so absolutely one of the things that can sometimes be lead people astray in the spiritual path is you know uh, seeking after anything but that you know what I mean? <laughs> that can be the that can be the distraction. That can be the distraction that leads people into all sorts of just you know kind of uh, other directions, but also just kind of then you end up kind of floating around, you know. But it doesn't really focus the search directionally. Um, God is that directional force, and without that directional force, the search can be very very um, impotent because we need to know to whence do we go what are we seeking whom are we seeking and and so this will of god becomes central to everything and ironically you talk about the holy fire and seeking that within ourselves and this is very similar to the writings of mystical theology from all around the world from throughout time you know um, so it's all about finding that um, inner fire, igniting that eternal flame with inside of us, you know, um, which then literally becomes the directional force that leads us back to God, um, which is kind of what we've been looking for, but maybe didn't realize it um, all along. Yes. Most definitely, it's it's sort of like um, it's. I would say that out of body travel is like the the bridge, you know. The bridge, yes. The bridge between the physical world and the physical body, and the spiritual world, or the pure positive God worlds, which are beyond time and space. It's like that direct connection. And That's a very good way to put it. Yes, and near death experience. One of the things I thought was interesting was my husband once said that when someone has a near-death experience, it's almost like they're being given an invitation. But are they going to hang the invitation on their wall like a beautiful decoration, or are they going to use it to actually journey further? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people who have the near-death experiences come back, and they do have heightened, heightened gifts, you know. Um, and so th there does often come with it an opportunity in that arena and and the gifts are different for each person you know so <laughs> yeah. so we see you know it manifests in different ways what people will bring back but the, these gifts but absolutely ironically I love the way you put that that the you know because one of the things that people can look at they can look at out-of-body travel and uh, they don't realize that the tool isn't the truth. The tool is the tool. And, you know, out-of-body travel is like that little bridge. It's this little thing that we build to get from this shore to this other shore. But it's not the truth. It is the tool that we use. 
but that tool provides us with the access to the truth. We're going to take a little break and when we get back we'll talk more with Marilyn Hughes about mysteries of how you can look at your body and touch heaven and explore in adventurous ways. <laughs> And now we're back with Bridge Between Worlds Radio, and I'm your host, H.E. Jamboy. Beginning where we left off. And so, honing that tool, honing the gift, the purpose of that is not because the gift is exalted, it's because the, the gift or the tool leads us to that greater truth which eventually brings us back in union with God. Yes, and that that so it's so profound. Like so that's so profound. It's really like some people wish that they had a manual to life that would explain how to how to do things, how to have direction, how to and and this is like a compass, like the inner compass, the book. Well, yes, and you know, one of the things about out-of-body travel that makes it so unique is that it's personalized, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Anyone who experiences it knows how out-of-body travel provides us with this personalized journey because we're taken into our own past, our own past lives. We're shown the things, the energetic truths about our own path, our own um, our own fetters and cravings or attachments. We are literally given a very clear magnifying glass on exactly what it is that we need to alter within our own spiritual bodies in order to progress and um, so it's it's a very specific tool so it's not like a one-size-fits-all it's out-of-body travel will specifically show you those places that are a problem for you and it'll be different for each one of us and that's one of the things that makes it so uniquely suited for those who are seeking to purify and go through this soul purification um, in uh, it's just so uniquely suited for that journey do you um do you have a personal example of of purification related to something such as a past life and so forth that process of it's almost like just doing doing certain practices themselves unwinds unwinds that naturally very naturally yeah I mean you know the purification process can be very very involved so you know for instance in the past lives what I experienced was going into a variety of past existences and over time I would write them down and realize that there were these patterns of behavior. There would be these conglomeration of 
a, a conjunction of souls that were all you know present in this part these particular lifetimes and we were running into like the same problem in these lifetimes and so I would then be able to kind of see how in each lifetime that was handled differently and kind of see how it played out um, uh, you know and usually it didn't go out it didn't happen you know it didn't turn out well because part of the reason I'm still here um, and then there would also be the other parts of the purification which would be I would be shown things about my own uh, uh, things like uh, I would be shown things in the out-of-body travel states about my own vices like my own lusts my own um, issues with the misuse of words um, not being aware enough of gossip and other things that were much more serious going through my own purification with childhood trauma adult trauma um, other things like that um, but I went through this uh, you know I wrote about it in the mysteries of the redemption uh, what I call the red jacket karma which is about this um, lengthy uh, like a the, the three soul conglomeration between the soul my soul the soul of a Native American by the name of Red Jacket and the soul of another man who I was married to and this is you know the the um, the names and the roles that we played in a particular lifetime somewhere in the uh, somewhere in the mid or early 1800s and um, and then I would experience these similar lifetimes that would be before, after, um, where we would have the same three souls and it would be the same uh, issues, but it would be manifesting in a different lifetime. Um, and so it would you, you go back and you start really examining uh, over a great deal of time as to how things have been uh, kind of misunderstood how eternal love has been misunderstood how you have uh, misused energy love or um, even just other people or things or you know whatever it might be in your karmic past you know and you seek to try to remedy those things in the present trying to understand them it's very interesting because a lot of times when people look in their lives they see certain things going wrong and certain problems and issues or certain positive things and not everybody makes the connection like you're making of being able to take this step back to get above the time track to look at these different records and see oh I have this illness because I did XYZ you know I know an individual in their past life they had a they call it their poison pen lifetime where, <laughs> where they were a lawyer and they abused their power by writing false things about people to get those people hurt, imprisoned, attacked, demeaned, and it's a form of black magic, that, that very bad uh, consequences, but the consequence of that poison pen lifetime was they incarnated in a body where they had a severe learning disability, so when they wanted to express their gift of uh, writing and so forth, they could not do it without a lot of help. So it's sort of like when you, when you can see uh, those connections 
it's interesting because it explains all kinds of things throughout someone's life. It's, it's very, and then also, like you were saying, this process of purification, it's almost like alchemy, you know, where you're boiling something and all the junk boils up to the top so that you're left with pure gold, spiritual gold. Right. Yes, very much so. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, we do, we do have a tendency not to realize that the causes and effects that are occurring from the past, present, and the futures that all kind of merge, and how, how these things can actually be put together to, um, you know, by a great and almighty, all holy God who understands the corrective process, which is, okay, so we are now, uh, we'll just take this example that you've given, where we are now learning to express with great care. Um, you know, and ironically, in Talmudic law, in the Jewish tradition, you know, um, the sin of uh, the sin of gossip or of, you know, uh, they would call murdering someone's reputation is really serious and was often akin to murder. One of the things that is definitely brought up to us, and this is one of the things that was made very clear to me because of my own misuse of words and the things that I needed to learn about this was just how serious it is what we say or do and the consequences of those things and how much damage those kinds of things can do. And most of us really don't think about how um, uh, a person's life can be completely destroyed by complete falsehoods. And we see it happen all the time around us in our world, but we don't actually uh, examine that and examine that that is an, a profound injustice that has to be addressed in the cosmic cycling of, of existence, you know. And so then when, when we come, when we, when we engage in, which most of us have done in one lifetime or another, we have to then learn restraint. We have to then learn, you know, prudence. We have to learn, yes. you know, so we have to start applying uh, different uh, virtues against some of the vices we may have had in previous existences. But we also then, we go through the process where we are actually examining what it was that we were either just very careless about in terms of like careless with the lives of others, with our mouth, with our words, or that we just really didn't understand how much damage we were doing, you know? So we're just using this one example. There are a lot of different examples we could use, but this is a really easy example to use because everyone can relate to this in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so we go through the vacation process, which allows us to reevaluate the way that we have used words, the way that we have spoken, and the way that we have thought about these things. And we reform, um, we reform in, in the, like formation. We are reforming the way that we now think about the use of words 
and how we are going to um, uh, use them in relation especially to the reputations of other people. We become aware of, you know, training the mind to become much more astute and um, aware of uh, the thoughtless things that might go through our heads and becoming almost like, if you can imagine, uh, a catcher where we want to catch the ball before it leaves the mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so we, we, we start practicing new habits to counter the old habits. And this is part of how this purification process unfolds. We begin to change. You know, and this is how we alter and move closer. And that's how we're then dropping away the fetters, the attachments to things that were in the past, holding us back, holding us further away from an all holy God. Um, you know, because if we want to approach an all holy God, then we have to become more and more aware of what it means to be in the presence of an all-holy and almighty God. And so this is how we begin learning it. Because we see, oh wow, I was not aware that every word that comes out of my mouth echoes in the heavenly courts. Yes. And it's, it's sort of like what we do to others, we ultimately do to ourselves. Because when, when it comes right. to karma, it's like you you do something to someone else and then we have to we end up going through that same experience but i thought you brought up a beautiful point about how it's like you go through this purification before you become worthy of being a co-creator a co-creator co-worker with god and actually that relates to <laughs> i brought this up before <laughs> i said that that i was struck by your last name because in my, uh, with what I practice in Barden, the word Hugh, like y your last name Hughes, it's a, an ancient name for God. It's like the word human, you know, spirit man, mm -hmm. man. That, that word has a vibration and a consciousness. We have this God world chart on our website, but if you look at the chart, it's like a map of heaven. And the word Hugh resonates with what is called the 12th plane, which is the home of God or you could say the the ocean of love and mercy the home of god the godhead and basically the word hugh resonates with that and <laughs> just i thought it was funny that that happens to be your name <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well i'm honored by that I'm not worthy <laughs> well, maybe maybe more or less it's a, it's a, like a saying that you were born with the potential to unlock it within you just it reminds me a little bit of apollonius of tyana he was born the moment that that gigantic swans were beating their wings. He, it was an, a symbol of he would reach a high state. He would be able to move, have the opportunity to move towards a higher state. So yes, um, yes. So oh, one of one of the things that I was thinking of was related to activities, and you've brought this up 
I believe it was in one of your interviews about ac activities that bring your vibrations up to a higher state, you know, like a higher state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. One can rise to a higher level because they resonate with that higher level. Uh, in terms of activities that do that, do you have a viewpoint on that? Well, the the primary elements go back to the simple things of prayer, meditation, solitude, spiritual reading. There are also practices, of course, that will do that as well. But those are the kinds of things that are really, and ironically, these have been taught by the prophet, saints, mystics, sages, and ascetics from throughout time, thousands of years, you know. Um, so it, it's interesting because it's it's nothing new. It's the same it's the same thing as it's always been. Um, but these are the kinds of things, and and you mentioned this in the very beginning, doing these things with love, in the presence of God, is one of the ways that we really energize the ability for you know ironically you know our guardian angels the angelic hierarchy to then start bringing up our vibration and making these types of gifts more enhanced and bringing up our actual vibration because you know we go through vibrational raisings when you're having out-of-body experiences to make you more compatible to higher realm travel Yes, if a being or if a person just immediately appeared on a much higher plane of, of consciousness, such as one of the, what I call, pure positive God worlds, the shock of it would be so much, it would, it would completely overwhelm them. And that's why it's like this stairway of moving from one level of heaven to the next. And yeah. Like you said... Uh, practicing by reading uh, high vibrational mm -hmm. books, pardon books, doing spiritual exercises to leave the physical body, and of course studying with uh, a teacher who has basically uh, the, one of the ways my husband and I have sometimes put this is like uh, when you choose a, a teacher, you also choose a destination. So if a teacher is resonating with a certain plane, if, there, if a teacher is resonating with a lower astral plane, then, right. then that's the destination that you're choosing. So it's important, you know, when people are aware of that, like choosing a teacher is choosing a destination. <laughs> Very much so, true. And, you know, another thing about what you're saying, one of the things I was shown several times um, throughout my journeys, and especially in the beginning, um, when I was going through the vibrational raisings, I was shown so that I would see why they were so necessary that when you would try to enter into a realm that was above your vibrational level, you would feel as though you were being crushed. And so it was, it's just because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a higher vibration, you know? And, and so I, immediately understood that this wasn't just some you know pointless effort that there's actually a reason behind it that is necessary in order for us to uh, attain to those higher um, heavenly spaces yes 
and and that and that's a beautiful thing to be aware of about this process because when you're aware of it the way you are then you can be patient through the growing pains <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> there's definitely those because yeah. <laughs> i noticed there there are some people they work off a little karma on the inner. You know, instead of having to be in a car accident on the outer to work off some karma, they have an experience on the inner. It's a traumatic dream or something where they're working off karma in the dream state. And then they, they get upset and they don't want to do it anymore and thinking, wait a minute, you didn't have to physically experience that. <laughs> and running away, it's so weird. But I think part of it is appreciation, you know, really having an appreciation that it's a gift. Even though some things are uncomfortable, it's a gift to wade through the process patiently to get to the other side. Yes, exactly. And it is absolutely, it, it's still an acceleration. Even if you're doing it, even if you're going through stuff that's difficult, like you're talking about, it's still an acceleration to do it in this manner. And so if you can keep that in perspective, like you were saying, and, and sometimes it's hard to do that because you don't realize it's kind of like uh, even just going back to the old story of Nineveh, you know, where Jonah's like, geez, now they don't really know what would have happened if they hadn't put on the sackcloth, you know what I mean? <laughs> because, it, you know, the... Uh, uh, that whatever the uh, punishment didn't come down because they all obeyed the command but but it didn't come down you know so the punishment was averted and this is what we need to understand about karma uh, obviously when you are able to work out any kind of thing energetically without it hitting the ground you are you are very much accelerating that and it is a great gift to be able to work through it um, in that way as opposed to having to go through the whole process in the physical because that's always a much harder road to go through. Yes, yes, in Barton when people work out karma they can work out thousands of years of karma in a short amount of time and and it, it's just it's interesting, I, I could give one example which is really kind of strange. I knew one individual who shared that he worked at the World Trade Center. And, and at one point, he woke up with this terrible dream that, he was, that people were throwing bricks at him. And he was getting hurt and injured. And he said that all of a sudden he had this terrible, terrible stomach pain. It was so, so bad that he did not go to work that day at the World Trade Center. Yeah. And so what he learned was that because he was working with the Varden Masters, spiritual travelers, that he was given the opportunity, instead of dying because of this group karma of some war things that went on in the past lives, he was able to work this group karma out in the dream state. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and he didn't die in the World Trade Center that day that, that those terrible things happened because he was able to work out the karma on the on the inner planes and and it's sort of like consciously working through things it's like going into that more direct route where you can just sort of let go and let god and you see the reason behind things and and it's not as much of a mystery <laughs> so. right yeah for sure so 
right now we're going to take a little break. So okay. And, so just imagine for a moment, for those of you who are listening, if you could leave your body and see above your house or see heaven. Well, you can. <laughs> So, because we're blessed to have here tonight Marilyn Hughes, who's leaving her body to view countless realms, hells, and heavens, and having that beautiful spiritual connection. So, when we get back, we'll talk more about that. Again, you're listening to Bridge Between Worlds Radio, and this is H.E. Jamboy. When we get back, we'll once again speak with Marilyn Hughes. <laughs> Between Worlds Radio. Hi, Marilyn, again. <laughs> Hi. It's great to be back. <laughs> yes. Wow, so fascinating. Very, very beautiful. Your experiences and, and the awarenesses that have opened up to you from all the practice that you've done for so many years. <laughs> you've been doing this since the 80s? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I am that old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just ages in the ages in the eye of the boulder. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I was just giving you a hard time because you know it's fun, but it's okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I've been doing it since um, yeah, it, it started in 1987. Yeah, so 1987. Been doing it since then, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so now I think for, for the second part of the show I was thinking we can get into this whole concept since this is interesting um, <laughs> before before uh, you know we came to have Marilyn on the show it, I actually um, I didn't know that that this was being arranged and when I found out I was surprised because actually um, Mar- Marilyn, you're uh, one of the things that you've been trained in related to working with souls and the negative polarity. You, you know, you've spoken um, in some of your interviews about uh, rescuing souls from hell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is unique. Um, it's actually similar to a specialty that I've been trained in in many past lives. Um, but maybe in sort of like a somewhat different way, I, I, um, I've been trained to work with souls in the negative polarity to help them not really escape hell, but, but more or less um, graduate from reincarnation and karma and, and move to being um, co-creator with, with God. Um, I know there are a lot of negative polarity souls kind of like, you know, don't like God. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Um, but really, the negative power sort of works for God, so <laughs> how else can you put it? To help temper souls or train souls for that purpose once they 
um, iron out all of their um, inadequate, you know, their inadequate areas. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in regards to that, um, maybe we can discuss a little bit about maybe one personal experience or example of examples, uh, an example or examples of working with uh, souls in the negative polarity who've made, like a soul in the negative polarity who made a profound breakthrough. You know, one of the, those special circumstances that not, not everybody does. <laughs> well, yeah, I could tell you a story about a couple of souls that kind of worked, I worked with together for a w period of time. Because uh, some of the souls, you know, I work with souls who are um, going through their afterlife journeys as well as, you know, just their initial crossings. So I deal with initial crossings. I'll deal with moments when a soul is in a lower realm and they're ready to make a, make a change to move to a slightly higher space. So they've, they've made a change in their frequency that's allowed for help to be sent from above. Um, but I also work with, you know, souls in their afterlife journeys as a general rule. And so I had a really lengthy, you know, like a, over a three-year period of time, a lengthy and very beautiful journey with two souls. Uh, it was a very tragic story of two suicides. And um, it was a young girl committed suicide and uh, she was heartbroken uh, over somebody and there were other factors to her suicide um, but a month later the young man involved committed suicide as well and um, the young woman was in uh, a fairly innocent state at the time of her suicide but she had a lot of contamination so she was going through a variety of very serious chaos realms, but also a lot of, uh, a lot of just, she had a lot of confusion because of a lot of, uh, just a lot of misperceptions, a lot of uh, things that she did not correctly understand at the time that she made the decisions that she made. So she was going to be set up for, a long period of going through a lot of uh, a series of realms that were going to reteach her, help her to re-understand things that she had not seen as they truly were. Unfortunately for the young man, he had taken her down a really dark road and his actions in her regard had been so seriously uh, seriously askew that when he committed suicide he was in a deep deep of the lower sphere that I I just I felt there was no hope for him in, the, in any type of any time soon I guess to put it <laughs> um <laughs> Um, and you know what you see in these lower realms is that um, sometimes it takes a long long time because souls are very attached to their um, to where they're at um, and sometimes it it uh, it happens more quickly if they're not as attached to it 
Um, but this particular soul had really contributed to this young woman's suicide, not intentionally in the sense of he didn't, uh, you know, convince her to do it, but he had done things that had really pushed her over the edge and so it was almost considered like a homicide in uh, that was that he was carrying on his soul um so it was very serious very serious and um so he was in this really really dark place it was a you know when you're dealing with something like that very dark black place um a lot of uh, predatory beings in this realm. Um, you know, when you are a predator in life, you go to places where you are the prey, so to speak, you know. <laughs> um, so it was kind of like this, and it was just a really, really icky place to be. I didn't expect much for him, but I continued to pray for him, and, and I was working with her all that time. She was going through a lot of purifications, a lot of um, places where it was almost like summer camp in some regards for her in some places. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds funny to say that, but literally there were these, there was this one realm where there were like little log cabins and she was there with other souls and they were all, they all had counselors and, and it was a very, you know, I mean, this is, um, this was very, very, um, very, very compassionate place where they were trying to help these souls um, that were like you know her and others like her who had gone through some traumas and then she would she would eventually move up to where she was um, she was actually um, in like what would be a school it was almost like a university environment and she was in a much brighter space um, but there came a point um, there came a point, and um, hard to put into words, but um, literally I was shown one day, um, and I'm getting slammed as I share it, but um, they came to me together, and it was, you know, th three years later, and, um, and they had been reunited in the heavens, they were both had gone through their own personal purifications. I had not really helped the young man through his purification. I had, I had been aware of him and where he was. So it must have been another, uh, another spiritual guardian working with him. But they had both purified to the degree that now they had been united again, and they. Um, they were together and they were traveling this next part of their journey together in the afterlife and it was just so beautiful and they had really healed and it was um i can't even wow i mean it was just it was just beautiful because if you had been in this place where he was and where she began too and it was so tragic you know two families torn apart by this um, so tragic and um, and then uh, just even a few months later I'll just share this even though this is kind of personal but I'll share it mm -hmm. um, 
I had a I had an experience a few months later and uh, my son had what should have been a fatal fall off of a bridge Ooh. and um, he miraculously survived and and was fine he wow. he barely you know he was fine and um, and they came to me uh, several months after that and they showed me how they had been given permission to catch him <laughs> on the way down because of the because of the fact that I had helped them and um, I um, I was just so touched and moved by that I, mean, I can barely talk about it even now years later yeah, so because cool. it was it was an amazing thing because um, it was just but you know this is something I've talked about in a lot of my uh, interviews too is that we are always told that we are to give back to creation that which creation gives to us and yeah. that day I certainly got a lot back from creation <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, uh, that's amazing that's beautiful well you know uh, yeah and I mean it was a miracle and and I knew it I felt it in every depth of my bones and my being and I when they told me this and um I just I when they shared it with me it it was in it was shared in such a way that I understood it to be true and it was just the um immensity of that um Beautiful. of what could have happened and what what could have what could have what could have gone the other way and but again we see that how how it's always everything is always giving back to its one another you know everything goes full circle sort of yeah like got you know got uh god's love divine love and from spirit it's it flows in a way that is reciprocal so what we give out comes back to us like breathing in and breathing out right yeah that's a beautiful story wow it, you know when, yeah. when there's that kind of suffering and to be there as a vehicle of god to, to help people cross a bridge to something to healing and to a greater state thank you for sharing that it was interesting beautiful <laughs> um, you're welcome I, I, I mean, related to that, I actually something comes to mind from my own experience in terms of negative polarity. Um, I've been trained in past lives for a long time at this. And, I, uh -huh. and, it's, and it's the kind of experience that you sometimes go through a lot of suffering to, to learn. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, to put a long, a, a short, a long story short. Um, but there, I had one, ex one interesting experience where there was this... <laughs> this individual who was a, a, a Satanist, and mm -hmm. I'm not going to say anything about their, ident their identity, I, I, you know, I don't want to indicate anything, but anyway, this person was a, a, a Satanist, and what happened was they were, I was getting attacks, like really where on the inner planes there was all this, you know, psychic attacks happening, and it was, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. And it was, I think it was a certain Satanist, and and what ended up happening was he thought that he hated me. <laughs> yeah. 
but he was putting all this attention on but in reality it was like there was a part of him it was really that he felt drawn and he expressed it as this action of psychic attacks and negative at badass attitude and things like that but then at one point because there was him and there was these other people that were talking at one point this is before i i looked on the inner planes and i i had this knowingness i was shocked i looked at him as soul and i saw there was much more there that i wasn't seeing it's sort of like when you see somebody's behavior and it's just really bad and everything else you can have preconceptions about the person and biases right. and and condemn them so you know i was not happy but then i realized and i looked at him as soul and i saw this person is an advanced soul but they're expressing this in a destructive way and they were actually they've been through a lot you know, in past lives and everything else a lot and so at that point and i saw on the inner planes that they were able to see things that were invisible to the other souls that were attacking they recognized as soul that my path and who i am had something profound and they they were kind of shocked by it but i thought again with a bias so i thought to myself oh you know they'll probably you know be ready to move to a higher level maybe 500 years from now <laughs> <laughs> but then but then all of a sudden to my shock i was shown that that this that this person was ready for some was ready the reason they were drawn was because this was something they were ready for and so he he was in this lower astral plane the satanist was in this lower astral plane where there were it was very negative and dark and it looked like he was drowning like literally drowning trying to keep his head above water so he wouldn't drown and but then i realized no wait a minute he's not trying to pull me down he wants to be pulled up <laughs> so then so then divine spirit worked with me and he was pulled out of this lower astral plane and he had these soul records read by the master uh, my husband and my desire and in the soul records he spoke of thousands of years about how this individual this satanist in his past lives he was this dark black magician in ancient atlantis where he had done a lot of um dark things with black magic and you know some really heavy stuff but that he put himself through the holocaust which as strange as that sounds to work off enough of his evil karma to be eligible to enter the spiritual path varden and and also he went through in this lifetime some experiences that were really rough to work out enough karma to earn the right to enter and so his recognition of all this attention this all this attention he was giving was actually this longing he had at soul because when a soul there's some souls you know there's like i call them new evil and old evil some souls are like this old evil where they've actually gone through so much of their dark karma that they realize oh my god you know how empty and and vicious and horrifying these lower worlds can be these worlds of reincarnation and karma and some of these people they they long for truth so deeply because they've literally been to hell and back and and this person had been to hell and hell and back so he really longed for something far greater 
he he longed for truth. He actually he actually became a part of our path and started studying, and <laughs> he had like a really badass attitude at first, and he you know he would say things like he was like complaining, and my husband said to him, "If you have that kind of attitude, you're not going to get very far." And then immediately he sort of snapped out of it and changed his attitude completely and really applied himself to his practices. And after two years, he certain things, but addictions fell away. And then by the second year, well, actually I should say when he first came in, he said something like, <laughs> I just said this last, one of these last things. He said, well, after two years, if I, if I don't like this and I go back to Satan, <laughs> <laughs> and my husband said, my husband said, yes, you know, because that's what they can decide after two years. He said, yes, you can go back to <laughs> And so, and by the second year, he was practicing out-of-body travel. And then by the second year, he had, he had this, a series of profound experiences, but he had this really profound experience deep in the pure, positive God world. And he experienced incredible, incredible light and sound and awareness like his awareness just expanded and he knew things that he didn't know before and his addictions fell away and it was such a a miracle to see the contrast of going from <laughs> when i shared with when i shared about the drowning in the in the lower astral plane he said he cried when he heard that because he the contrast you know it, it was just so the contrast is so shocking <laughs> yeah it's really beautiful that really god loves every single soul you know and it's it's very beautiful that is absolutely true and um i remember many times because uh i uh, would work in a lot of these lower hell realms and purgatorial realms to assist souls to move up or uh, make adjustments or whatever and um, I was in a I was in a realm with a particular soul who had um, who was who was basically in this hell realm and um, and I remember just weeping before this headstone and the angel was standing right in front of me saying, you know, we weep much for those we love who have sinned much, but the Lord has not forgotten them. The Lord has not forgotten them. And here, even in this hell realm, the angel is sitting there in guard, you know, of this soul. You know? <laughs> Um, you know, just waiting for the moment when this soul is ready to reach out. And this particular soul did. <laughs> you know, so that's another long, long story over a 10-year period where that soul reached out and is still moving through now the higher purgatories into, um, um, you know, so... Uh, you know, th there's an interesting book called A Wanderer in the Spirit Lands by A. Farnese that was put out in the 1800s that actually um, catalogs a lot of this type of journey that uh, your listeners might find interesting about how um, the soul moves from the lower worlds up through into the higher. 
Um, and you know, there there was also I mentioned to you when we talked privately, Erstor Bodhisattva, the the um, sutra of the past vows of Erstor Bodhisattva is a ancient sacred text by a Buddhist monk who would go into the hell realms and liberate souls as well. And so, you know, there is, um, there are other texts throughout history that have been written by mystics who go into these um, lower spheres and liberate souls like this. And sometimes it's in the way that you just described where you are working on loosing some of these bonds through the mystical, through the out-of-body experiences and what you were doing with your practice. You were working while he was still very solid in his in his um, stance, um, but you were still working on loosing those bonds and then eventually it came to fruition by hitting the ground, you know what I'm saying, where he became open to it in the physical realm. Um, and then there's also the ones that occur, you know, with souls who are, you know, crossing over or who have crossed over, who reside in those spheres where um, uh, you mystically travel and you're assisting them in making these um, uh, energetic leaps to the next level. You know, so like in my own experience, a lot of times you'll go into the realm you'll be sent in to assist a particular soul who has um, reached some type of uh, level where they are ready to leave that sphere. So let's talk about a chaos realm, for example, which, you know, chaos is really, really popular these days. So (laughs) for some reason, it's got a lot of chaos in it, that's for sure. And, you know, there is a lot of... uh, it's interesting when you when you do work with souls who are crossing over one of the more popular um, purgatorial realms that people will go into are some of the chaos realms it is something that a lot of people end up being very compatible with and so we'll use one of those just because it is one of those kinds of places and these are places where there's usually some type of a circling rhythm to it where there's a lot of noise it's almost like carnivalistic sometimes it's present day sometimes it's 18th century or another era but it's just people are moving around in a circle and they don't realize that they're just doing the same thing over and over and over again but they're going around and around and around and there's just tons of noise tons of crazy stuff going on and it's just chaos you know that reminds um, me of that reminds me a little bit of the they like the ghosts in the bar scene and they're they're reliving the same scene over and over again <laughs> yes and there is a there's similarity to that and you know there is some of that um similarity to that also with like when you're dealing with ghosts and lost souls that there can be um that element where uh, some of the ghosts do get stuck in a particular moment in time and that can be part of what you end up doing to help them to transcend that moment and help them to cross over but you know you're kind of doing the same thing for a ghost that is stuck that you're doing for a soul that's stuck in a purgatorial realm like chaos or a soul that's stuck in a lower hell realm um, because you're literally trying to get them unstuck 
and so <laughs> you're, you're getting sent into that place and you're going to go there with some bit of information that you're going to impart to them about what it is that they need to know that when they're ready to leave this realm this is what they need to do and when when they're ready they do this and then they will actually be able to go to the next level up and so they can either go with you at the time that you go down there to come greet them but if they're not ready to go when you go there because sometimes they're not a lot of times they're, they're afraid to go at first but you give them the information so that um, you know after they've had a chance to think about it they can still move up to the next level whether you're there or not um, and then they go to the next level up um, and so you know there's a real similarity about this and that even applies as well to what you're doing when you're talking about what happened with your um, your friend who then had this beautiful experience because what happened was you were moving in um, energy within this um, stuck place that um, he was moving and where he was actually uh, a bit assaultive of your energy but you were working with it in there and then as it was able to reach consciousness um, and see this is what's beautiful about it because this is the the same type of thing that we saw with the two souls I talked about who had committed suicide where full circle you know yeah. And this happened with your friend as well. For you to bring that soul um, through this energetic alteration over time to the point where he's literally experiencing the, um, the full consciousness of God and the light and stream, the movement of the light and stream of sound um, from being in that space of being a Satanist. That is a huge... Um, chasm that he crossed and it is unlikely well it would be unlikely he would have been able to cross it alone and so he needed help and so you provided the energetic assistance that was vital for that chasm to be crossed and so that is how we as souls assist one another in giving back to creation what creation gives to us because all that you know all that we receive you know because we are always being formed individually but then we are giving back too and this is how it's done where um, the Lord allows for us to also um, be placed within scenarios where we can serve and this service is absolutely vital to the evolution of the sphere. It is absolutely vital. And I'm getting really slammed right now because this is exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about what you wanted to speak about in these negative polarities. It's bringing these things all the way around the full circle, but it is also what the Native Americans would have called the sacred hoop. It's bringing everything full circle to completion. And that's what that is. And those are two examples between uh, what you experienced, um, what I experienced with these souls, 
and you know I've written about a lot of this kind of stuff in my books too but this is how it's done and there are so many of us and the people who are listening I'm sure every single one of them has stories like this and it's important for them to recognize um, and validate that what is happening and what they are doing is part of this mechanism because as they contribute to this they are contributing to the evolution of the sphere and this is how we are bringing the will of God into the world this is how we are bringing all these things and this is how we are bringing those negative polarities balance that's how we can serve our fellow man and this is how we serve one another yes beautifully put <laughs> and, yeah. and and there's an aspect of that that you touched upon like with the listener and so forth is that one of the one of the keys to really being masterful at out-of-body travel is really loving oneself as soul because a lot of times people condemn themselves they beat themselves up they made mistakes, they did things they regret, things that, that make them feel like they are unworthy of something better. I literally see people that will punish themselves because they feel unworthy. They will quit because they feel unworthy, like they're not good enough. They, in the back of their minds, or the back of their consciousness, they remember horrible things that they did in past lives. And they still can't let go of that stuff so that they can open their cup and receive something greater than they knew was possible for themselves. Like, you, like you're saying, it's like one has to first learn how to love themselves. And a lot of negative polarity people have it beaten into them that they should not love themselves. So much so that they become disoriented, they lose touch with this inner compass. And that was one of the really neat things that happened with this Satanist was all of a sudden he had this profound inner compass where he could just, if he wanted the answer to something, he'd just know it. Like it would just come right in, right, knowing this would just come to him and he would know the answer. And I just thought that that's profound. What you're saying is like really profound, like this full circle thing. It's really profound and beautiful. Well, and you know, when you mention that too, what's so important is for people to realize that every single one of us started out in a negative polarity, yeah. you know, yeah. if not many, many negative polarities. So there's not one of us who is, um, you know, immune from that. We were all there, whether in this lifetime or another, probably in both, <laughs> you know. And so I think the reality, and that's so true because people do do this and they don't realize that the reality is, is that this is what but for the grace of God go I means. And so that's what we do is we accept that grace and we accept it, we step into it and we allow it to bend and mold and move us forward. Um, if we don't, then then we we cannot alter or change or evolve into anything more than we've ever been yeah. and but we've all been that not one of us has not so true and actually actually it reminds me a little bit of melarippa melarippa taught what i practice too 
uh, Milarepa was like this great sinner who became this amazing saint. Right. And one of the things that was interesting was at one point, because Milarepa chose that path, he worked out he worked out, you know, what would have been hundreds or more years of karma in about seven years. And during that time, because he had used demons to attack people, he actually went through a period of karma where he was being attacked by demons, where he's working out that bad stuff, you know, like, okay, so he, he sicked demons on people, now they were sicking on him. But what was interesting, <laughs> yep. what was interesting was that he actually, he became, he, he took on a special role called the Living Varden Master, where he had certain gifts and abilities. And one of those abilities was he could go beyond the Akashic Records and read what is called the Soul Records. He actually did Soul Record readings of these demons, which is really <laughs> He had compassion for them, and he saw them as soul. Now, I don't recommend chasing after demons and buddy-budding with them, because <laughs> you could be, you know... Buddy-budding with someone who could harm you. That I don't recommend. Right. Mm -hmm. But because it was his karma and he had to work it out, he was actually doing soul record readings of them. And he actually told these beings that were in demon form that in past lives they were human, in human bodies, but they had committed, th committed errors and mistakes and harms that were so terrible that they were assigned to incarnate in these demon bodies. And that now that he is a master could free them of that of that level of existence if they wanted to. And so all of the demons, except for their leader, <laughs> decided that they wanted to be free. And Milarepa sort of um, he he helped them to leave the demon bodies and go into this higher higher state, this higher form. Because, you know, as soul, they were ready to move on to something where they were less limited, where they uh, could experience greater freedom and joy and heal. And so that's an interesting example of compassion that, yeah, like you said, most soul, all souls go through periods of extremely negative pol uh, polarity incarnations and extremely positive incarnations and actually when you see people you know to e evil and, 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 and they're obsessed with it you can pretty much tell that they've had those kind of lives not too long ago probably <laughs> yeah and the, re the reality is that that's the nature of, of evolution itself yes. that we move up from the below so you know we've we we under we are where we are in these worlds where the battles between good and evil reside because that's you know we've just been moving up from these low uh ourselves so we are no stranger to that um but you know we do not pr progress by um being upset about that we progress by recognizing that okay so we are not as far along the path as we'd hoped but by golly the way we're going to continue to proceed is by continuing to proceed <laughs> they say, they say, um, the, the, one of the things that people have to learn and from my experience it has been that they let go of the past you know, mm -hmm. it's sort of like, what is it? Isn't there something when Jesus said, don't turn around or something? Don't look back at the 
I don't know who, which quote that was. That was from the Old Testament, um, from the Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't look back, at, at, you know, as, as it was going to be destroyed, as it was going to be destroyed, uh, as you'll turn into a pillar of salt. Um, yeah, you had to move forward. Um, and um, that's very true. We have to move forward. And um, there's a... There's a, a there's kind of like a, a real waste of energy that can go into focusing too much. There is, you know, there is a purpose in understanding from where we came, but but there has to be balance to it. Yes, yes, yes. So um, we only have about um, two minutes left. <laughs> so I want to ask you, in in parting, is there a piece of wisdom? that you would like to share with the listeners that you think might be helpful to them in this life that might make their lives easier or where they can move to another level? Well, you know, one one thing I like to tell people is that, you know, in many of the out-of-body experiences I've seen, I've been shown this beautiful staircase from heaven to earth made out of the ancient sacred texts written by the prophets, saints, mystics, saints, said you know sages ascetics um desert mystics hermits you know um remember that the gold the key to our mystery of existence here is left to us in those writings that were left by those great souls right before they left this earth for the last time and it's still out there for us to glean from and um, the key to that journey that we're taking from earth to heaven is purification and um, the purification pathway begins with love yes yes divine divine love wisdom power and freedom thank you so much everything that you shared was deeply insightful and wise and you've given a, a great gift of love and awareness and that may touch some individual's heart and may move them in ways that maybe they didn't imagine were possible. So thank you for this amazing love that you're a vehicle for. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation. It's great meeting you, and I've enjoyed our time together. Yeah, so much. So, well, uh, this has been... The Secrets of Heaven and with OBEs and Negative Polarity Experience. <laughs> Again, um, thank you and to the listeners too. And we're deeply grateful for the divine gifts that have been shared tonight. Um, really inspiring. And we want to say uh, thanks for listening to Bridge Between Worlds Radio. Have a great night.